Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Persian podcast coming to you in crystal clear HD. It's your host, Steve Crothy. Jeez Louise, listen to that man. I'm Hal Burkhart. Buddy, microphone acquired quality increased. Yes, I'm so stoked. Thanks again to Eric Struthers of the Bad Motivators. He turned out to be a good motivator in this uh, situation, and he has really uh, uh, increased our podcast level in my opinion yeah man um so steve's got a fancy new mic no more headset mic it's a new day for high potion look at us coming up in the world i know and uh it's a good thing we sound great but you and i have both had questionable <sighs> weekends I Buddy, assume, so this has been a rough weekend for me that is for sure that is for sure thankfully i had uh two nights of of the boys all three boys hanging out you nick and will so that definitely helped um yeah it helped me too. helped me too and like i said earlier me and my stupid little football problems mean next to nothing but uh still bummed me out for buddy <laughs> most of the week i'm not looking to to compete in the misery olympics here you know what i'm saying like buddy yes our dude Steve, guys, he has had a, a doo-doo feces of a football weekend, that's for sure. It's been bad. But, you know, the, these things happen. That's part of being a fan. Sometimes you have to you have to deal with the – what is it Dolly Parton said? If you want to deal with the – you want to deal with the rainbow, you got to deal with – or you want the rainbow, you got to deal with the rain. I, and, um, uh, I'm dealing with the rain right now. I was talking to Johnny Grosso. And I was like, well, I got to go here in a little bit. I'm going to record with Steve. And he goes, hey, man, tell him I'm sorry. And I go, <laughs> I will. He goes, yeah, man, rough weekend, college and NFL, huh? And I was like, yeah, yeah. He's living on the on the high hog right now. The Giants won again today. They're yeah. five and one. He's He's got to be doing like turbo break dancing in his room mm-hmm. with like cardboard boxes and shit. Yep. He's, he's pretty stoked on the Giants. The G-men. Buddy. I'm happy for him, dude. I'm happy. More so than the Packers. I'm really sorry about Bama, dude. Man. Yeah, it was a tough one. I mean, you know, here's the thing. It sucked to lose. And, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Tennessee's football team. They played great. Like, their fans should celebrate this. You know, they haven't beaten us in freaking literally 16 years. Mm -hmm. You know, it was bound to happen sooner or later. Um, And the thing is, we're still alive. So season ain't over. Um, We we played tough against a top 10 team in their house. Arguably should have won. There was some pretty pretty questionable refing. I'll say that. But congrats, Tennessee. I hope we see you in the SEC championship game. Now beat Georgia. A little bit of fucking revenge. Yeah. (laughs) Look, I, I get it, man. You guys as Bama fans, you're used to greatness, right? As a Mississippi State fan, Losing to Tennessee is just another Saturday for me. You know what I mean? Like, whew, we know we know that bitter taste of defeat. And and like, I just remember being uh, watching the first championship game you guys won, and that shit was like the end of Return of the Jedi when y'all won. Like, you motherfuckers <laughs> were playing drums on F- Florida football player helmets and stuff. Lando Calrissian was there clapping for some reason. Russ Mitchell looked kind of like an Ewok. I don't know, man. Like, 
it was <laughs> one of the biggest celebrations I've ever seen. And then I look off to the side and I see three fucking force ghosts and they're all fucking Paul Bear Bryant staring at you guys. <laughs> one of them's Gene Stallings and he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So like, what? So how, what is it? Six that Saban's won? Yeah, we've Alabama has won six national championships since since he Pretty, took over. Yep. Yeah. Pretty dang wild, man. Yep. Yep. So I can't complain. You can't complain about losses when we've done as well as we had. Just got to take them in stride. Yeah, and man. Move on. The season eight. Now the, the Packers. Move. Mm, pack, I got. I, I don't. I don't want to get divergent here, so we won't. But I'll just say I'm very upset with the Green Bay Packers right now. Well, Johnny thinks Rodgers is done. He might be. Johnny may be barking up the right tree. In fact, I kind of want the Packers to throw the rest of their game so he can draft Bryce Young. But that won't happen. They'll do just good enough to not do that. (laughs) Man. Well, listen. Uh, We're we're about a week out from... um, halloween as of the release of this episode we so we figured we'd ring in the spooky season with a couple of appropriate games so the game we're going to be talking about today is a game both you and i are pretty big fans of and that is the last of us part one specifically we're going to be talking about the last of us part one which is you know the ps5 remake but i mean we're going to be talking about the game as a whole no matter what version you're you know you're experiencing right right Let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. So if you have a PlayStation 5 and you've never played The Last of Us before, Mm -hmm. this is the version to get. Yeah? If you have played it before, if you've played it before on the PlayStation 3 or the PlayStation 4 remastered version, you do not need to buy this game at full price. It is literally the same thing pretty much, but the graphics... I mean, it looks great. Don't get me wrong. We'll, We'll get into that, but... It's really no different of an experience at all from the other versions. No, no. It is the exact same game with a fresh coat of paint, minus the multiplayer portion for yeah. 70 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and and look, like we're talking about a game that in, in the last nine years has had three different releases. The original on the PS3, the PS4 remaster, and now the PS5 version. That's That's a version of The Last of Us every three years. On average, it, they're they're pumping out a trilogy of the same game, uh, Witcher, uh, future Witcher style. You know what I mean? How they're like, oh, it's going to come out over the course of six years or whatever. Um, Skyrim. This is like Skyrim kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah, but it, yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. Um, but it's just all held to one one platform. Um, although I think right. this version is is heading to PC eventually. Um. So I'm excited to talk about this game. Um, you know, I do want to talk about this this PS5 remaster. Um, look, I got it. I got it day one. I've enjoyed it. It's beautiful. It, it looks like a PS5 game. They did an amazing job remastering or remaking this game. The reason I got it, though, when I did, was because of the a lacking video game release calendar this year, right? If this game dropped in the middle of some hot fucking fire, I'd be waiting on a sale. And I honestly think uh, even if you've never played this game, waiting on a sale is is probably the move because it is going to go on sale. And um, is it is it a game that needed a remake on PS5? No. Is it is it enjoyable to play it on the PS5 and, and see how incredible it looks? Absolutely. Um it's just one of those things. And, you know, we've talked about this before. Like, when the rumors of this PS5 remake of The Last of Us cropped up, you know, both of our thinking was, well, okay, so they've got the show coming out. And as sort of a piece of, like, cross-promotional material, having this remake come out, you know, to to sort of have that, like, synergy with the show, I can see how that makes sense. But the game came out, and the show still doesn't have a release date until sometime next year. It's not like they came out right around the same time, which is weird. Um, you know, partially probably released when it when it did because uh, they needed to bolster that PS5 library going into the holiday season a little bit, if I had to guess. 
Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense to me uh, in terms of just bolstering their their library. That that's probably why uh, they did such a such a thing. Yeah, but, you know, I also don't I don't want to take away from the fact that The Last of Us is like a I don't know how to describe it. It's like a generational game. It's uh it's one of those games that's just so good that everybody probably should experience it if you're a gamer. So I'm all for it being available on every platform. You know, I don't know if if we needed to go 70 bucks uh for the next gen version or whatever for a game that's technically what like 9 years old at this point, yeah. I think. Yeah. No, and 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 my gripes are not with the game The Last of Us. The Last of Us uh, is one of those games that I fully feel comfortable in saying it's like, you know, a cornerstone, a, a modern-day masterpiece in video gaming, right? All the hype Agreed. that The Last of Us receives is well-deserved across the board. I, I'm not hating on the game. It's just this this idea of just constantly remaking these same games and releasing them. And, and you're talking to someone who gets excited for a lot of these. This one seems a bit excessive. Um, you know, we we didn't talk about it, but there, now there's rumors going around that they're going to be doing a PS5 remake of Horizon Zero Dawn, the first Horizon game. Batch and I of, hope that's just a rumor. I hope so too. And and this is someone who loves Horizon Zero Dawn, loves the character of Alloy. That game, because I played it on my PS5, is still fucking gorgeous. It does not need to be remade. Put those resources somewhere else, right? Um. It, 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 once again, this is not a case where I, I don't think that game is like unworthy of a remake or something like that. It's more of like, it's too soon. It's too soon for a remake, right? Um, You know. Yeah, until they do something with Bloodborne, there are not going to be uh, cool with me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as remaking anything. Like, until there's a Bloodborne 60 frames per second version that I can play they're going to be on my bad side with these remakes. Yeah, man. And 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 it's it's also not a situation cuz look, you're also talking to two dudes who could not wait to fucking blow each other about the Final Fantasy 7 remake, right? I also feel like that is a completely a different, different story, right? Like yeah. <laughs> That's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about 13 years in between the original release and the remake and also a vastly different game mechanically and and so on and so forth. So Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, because The Last of Us was basically the tail-ass end of the PlayStation 3. Yeah, it came out the summer before the PlayStation 4 came out. It came out in, like, June 2013, and the PlayStation 4 came out in November of that year. So, it's basically a PlayStation 4 game. Mm -hmm. It's It it almost could be one. So, it's, it's weird that it's just, they're just going remake happy on these games that aren't old enough to really... Yeah. Warrant a remake. I don't know. It's weird. And look, if this means we get, um, you know, a, a Last of Us to play in between two and three, because there's going to be a three eventually, right? Man, if, I hope so. Oh, I, there's no hope so, Steve. It's going to happen. This isn't a Half Life three situation. They're gonna they're gonna close out that trilogy. Um, it's just it, it, that's fine with me. I just I don't know, man. Like. Once again, the reason they got me for that fucking 70 bucks for this game is because there's not a lot coming out this year, especially around that when that game came out, you know? Things are ramping Agreed. up a little yep. bit now and there's some some smaller scale stuff that I'm looking forward to, the new Star Ocean, um um the turn-based stuff we've yeah. we've talked about. There's lots yeah. of the turn-based stuff this year. So you know, I I, I think we, you were right. We need to address that first. This whole the last of us part one remake um mm-hmm. now that being said playing this game is still as incredible of an experience as it ever was it's super smooth it's beautiful on the ps5 you know no complaints about the game itself just sort of the business model that they you know adopted for this um right i i love this game so much man mm-hmm. i love it so much this series i love to you know both games i mean this this was when i bought a playstation well i didn't buy it i got it for christmas a couple of years ago it was late on the playstation 4 train me too um and and i got a playstation 4 pro 
for Christmas one year. This was around the time Red Dead Redemption 2 was out, mm-hmm. and you could buy those bundles. Um, and the first game that I played for that PlayStation 4 Pro was The Last of Us Remastered. Uh, and, I mean, before Bloodborne, you know, and yeah. this was when I was into the Souls shit, but mm-hmm. I was like, eh, I gotta play The Last of Us first. Always had a thing for that game, and man, it is so good. The, the storytelling is incredible. I just don't, I can't really think of another game that does storytelling this good. No. Do you? I mean, I, I would have to really sit down because there's different types of video game storytelling I like, right? And The Last sure, of Us is is deep in the, the, the story vein of Sad Dad, right? The PlayStation 4 was kind of the, the generation of the Sad Dad game, you know? <laughs> the Last of Us, fucking God of War, um... You know, there's other examples out there as well, but um, Nathan Drake count as a sad dad. I mean, he kind of feels like one. I don't know. I, I haven't played uh, past the first two, so <clears throat> before we we jump into talking about The Last of Us, look, because of how central the story to this game is, oh. right? I oh, don't good call, dude. I don't think we can sort of cordon off spoilers. Right. We are spoiling we're yeah. spoiling early and often. Yeah. So listen, if you've listened this far, hey, thanks for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. From this point on, there will be spoilers for the story of The Last of Us, right? Um if yep. you're looking forward to the show and, and haven't played the game and you want to go into the show unspoiled, here's where you turn it to now, okay? I just want to be upfront with you. I don't want to ruin anything for anybody, but I don't see how we can talk about the game and then just save the last few minutes of the show to like go oh, over no. the story yeah. right the the story is so so important here and like if you've got if you have a playstation 5 but you're low on money you can definitely play like the the remastered playstation 4 version and you're not missing really a whole lot now nah. it's it's virtually the same thing um if you've got a playstation 4 you know you can play it on that but yeah unfortunately this is basically a PlayStation centric episode, unfortunately, but the game is for so now. good that it warrants it. Yeah. yeah. For now. And yeah. so, um, listen, if, if you have a PlayStation five and you don't want to spend the 70 bucks on this, but you have a PS plus account, the last of us remastered for PlayStation four is, is free with the PS plus account. Go play that. You will get the, essentially please the same. Yes, yes. Please, please play it. That's what we'll say. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Um, So, listen... Uh, you know, I like to do I like to do my facts, right? I have my facts about these games sort of up front. So, The Last of Us, I love it. Let's go. As you and I both know, and as I'm sure a lot of people know, was developed by a studio known as Naughty Dog, right? Naughty Dog is one of those studios that's been around for quite a while. My first sort of memories of them as a studio uh, studio came in the playstation era the original playstation with the crash bandicoot series you know they released right you know, Same. Mm-hmm. You know the pla- the crash bandicoot games then um in the playstation 2 era they moved on to jack and daxter right oh, love jack and daxter me too yep. both of those are really good franchises um by no means would either of those franchises give you any clue to what they would be up to in the forthcoming generations though right that's one of my favorite one of my favorite games to play too it's like you look at crash bandicoot Mm -hmm. and then you look at the last of us you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's unbelievable how they got there but i'm just so happy that they're able to 
grow artistically and, and create products like this. It's, yeah, it's no, that's amazing to me. That is what I love the most. Like, I remember a few years back, um, um, I, you know what? I want to give a special shout out to a podcast that's not around anymore. A buddy, Evan DeCellis, used to do a, a podcast with his buddy called Grayscale. And they were talking about some of Microsoft's recent studio acquisitions at the time. Now, this was before the big shit, you know, the 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 Zenimax, the Bethesda, the Activision. Right. And yeah. uh, and Evan's buddy was saying basically like, well, these studios haven't created anything that would make me excited. Right. Like that. I don't see what they've made in the past that they could potentially bring as an exclusive to Xbox that would be like a console seller for me. And Evan had a beautiful fucking um, analogy that sticks with me to this day where he used Naughty Dog as an example. He's like, look at them. They started off with Crash Bandicoot, Bandicoot, Jack and Daxter, and now look where they are today. You know, this was before The Last of Us 2, but it was in the midst of The Last of Us and the Uncharted sort of course of their history as a studio and that's where they went next like so the playstation one era for them was crash bandicoot playstation 2 was the jack and daxter series their first release on the playstation 3 was uncharted drake's fortunes the first game in the uncharted series and it came out in uh like november of 2007 about a year into the playstation 3's lifespan um and it was sort of the start of Naughty Dog as a studio today as we know it, right? This third-person, story-heavy, action-adventure style of game, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uncharted. Yep, like kind of, yeah. Kind of like linear, um, light exploration, mm-hmm. um, big action set piece kind of driving you forward kind of deal. Yeah. Yep, and... Uncharted was a stunner when it came out. I didn't play the full game, but I downloaded the demo on the PlayStation 3, and I remember just standing and looking in the water and watching all the fish swimming around in the water. And yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. It was it was one of the early sort of games that, like, okay, now we're starting to see shit to be excited about on the PlayStation 3 because it was rough for a little while. Um, And then from there, they go into Uncharted 2 in 2009, Uncharted 3 in 2011. And then, just like you said, June 14th, 2013, within the last six months of the PlayStation 3's life cycle, they release The Last of Us. And I don't know about you, buddy, but around 2013 is when I started to get serious zombie fatigue, right? Like... You had had um, yes. uh, le- the Left for Dead games, the Call of Duty zombie stuff, uh, Plants vs. Zombies, 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 Walking Dead at this point. Walking is- Dead was yep. huge. Yep, yep, there were yep. video games based on it. Yep, the TV show was everywhere. You yeah. couldn't get away from zombies at that point. So zombies as a video game mechanic or, or feature was something I was like, eh, I'm done with it, right? So my first impression of the last of us was like oh man a zombie game the last of us is so much more than a zombie game right that is reducing it down to its lowest common denominator it's an unfair characterization of that game something i would come to learn later right Mm -hmm. and it comes out and is immediately critically acclaimed right um you know kills it in the reviews um, you know, by this point, you're, you're seeing that the PlayStation 3 has redeemed itself, right? This is well after the the memes about the PlayStation 3. And um, what a game this turned out to be. By this point, um, this was shortly before my PS3 died, so I played maybe the first two or three hours of The Last of Us, right? And was like, oh, I get it. I get it. So Steve Buddy. What what would be your summation of the set and setting and general story of The Last of Us and The Last of Us universe? Okay, so like you said, we're in basically a zombie-esque world, right? Mm-hmm. Post kind of apocalyptic kind of deal. Although the way that they kind of approached 
their zombie apocalypse i really liked it was kind of a little more scientific a little more planet earth mm-hmm. uh, kind of deal you know it's like this this virus that i think spreads through like spores and yep. uh, that flower in your brain and it causes this thing called a cordyceps infection mm-hmm. uh where basically some kind of parasite is taking over your brain and it eventually if you if you hang out long enough as an infected person the infection eventually bursts forth from your skull and you become like extra like creepy looking yeah <laughs> i don't yeah. know how to explain it but so the the central the, conceit of the zombies is based off of like a real thing that happens in like insects right they get this yeah this Mm -hmm. parasitic fungus that sort of takes over their central nervous system so they they, exactly they sort of took that concept and said well what if that could happen to humans you know more than like a john romero uh you know uh uh, government made biological element or uh, uh, that would turn you into zombies this seems a little more grounded you know um Oh, 100%. Yeah, we're we're looking at what this game is doing. It's not about the zombie outbreak. It's no. about basically the human cost um of of the zombie outbreak. We're yes. following kind of like this this quote-unquote redemption arc mm-hmm. of a character that that starts uh the day of the zombie outbreak in yep in their town I, I it's it's in texas is that where they where they're they in live? austin yes austin yep yeah. mm-hmm. and buddy i think we've talked about this or, or or you know danced around this subject before the opening to the last of us is an all-timer of video game oh. openings like the execution so it starts off you're introduced to two two characters you're uh, introduced to joel played by troy baker and you're introduced to his daughter, Sarah. And it just seems like, um, you know, a, like a, a sad single dad and his, his plucky, shit-talking younger daughter, right? She gives him a watch. Right. It's his birthday. And then when you finally have control of the game, she wakes up in the middle of the night and shit's a little weird, right? There's weird shit on the news. There's explosions and shit in the background. And, you know, as, as someone who has watched and played their fair share of zombie content, you know what's happening, right? Shit's about to go down. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, they do a really good job of building the mm-hmm. suspense here. And in particular, there's one thing I wanted to highlight where you go into Joel's bedroom and he's not there, but the TV is on. Mm-hmm. And it's a, re- it's a reporter and she's reporting live from the scene and she's near some kind of Transformer thing. And the military is telling her to get out of there. And then all of a sudden there's an explosion. And the explosion happens also outside the window of yes. the apartment. You can see it happen. Mm-hmm. And the controller shakes. And then you see another explosion. And you just, like, the way they set the scene is so good. It's mm-hmm. it's unparalleled. They just have such a good eye for this sort of thing. And, and it eventually starts oh. to kind of go go from there. You You go downstairs and you reunite with Joel and you you get the hell out of there with the, uh, uh, Joel's brother Tommy driving mm-hmm. shows up and gets you guys out of there, and then you want to take it from there. Yeah, and then so like they're basically just trying to get out of town, right? And what eventually happens is they run across a group of soldiers, thinking, "Oh, okay, they'll help us." And like, there's this real fucked up scene where the uh, the the soldiers on his radio, and he's like, "I got two people here." He's like, are you serious? There's a kid. And then like it dawns on you, like what the orders he's been given, he's been ordered to kill them. Um, Mm -hmm. Joel survives. Tommy survives. Joel's daughter, Sarah, does not. She gets shot and dies. Um, And then it takes a time jump. Now, I I don't know about you. Before before we get to the time jump, I just want to say. The scene where she dies oh my God. Caused, has caused me real tears Every several time. times. Every I, like time. the first time the first time I played it, it was it was ugly crying. The the second and third time, you know, even when I knew it was coming, I still cried. Like the, the performance of Troy Baker, uh I don't know, you know, people can say that acting in video games isn't the same as acting in movies or 
or, or whatever but the performance he gives literally gives me goosebumps and chills and uh, it's just as good as anything else you can do dramatically to me 100 percent this is this is the type of video game performance when people want to be sort of high and mighty about video games as an art form that where I'm like, well, you you don't know what you're talking about. You haven't seen the opening of The Last of Us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, this this opening stands to me with anything Hollywood has put out, mm-hmm, period. So, mm-hmm. And I cannot wait to see Pedro Pascal fucking chewing up these scenes in the show. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait for that too, buddy. I'm so excited next year. Um, it be great. So... Then there's a time jump of 20 years. Now, I don't know about you, buddy. That time jump to me is one of the key things about the set and setting of The Last of Us. Because you're not dealing with the very common thing, which is like you are in the opening days or opening years even of a zombie outbreak, right? No, right. you... Mm-hmm. your Things have, for the most part, quote-unquote settled. I mean, humanity is you know, hanging on by a thread, but they have like quarantine zones that are essentially small little totalitarian governments, right? Cordoned off in these yep. major major cities. And um, when the game opens, um, the story is essentially Joel is still around and he and his partner Tess are smugglers. They smuggle weapons and shit in and out of the city. Um, you know, Right, they they have a connection outside mm-hmm. the city, and they use that connection to to sell off and and make money. This is twenty years uh, from the time jump. Yes, this and is... you can tell Joel Joel looks like shit. Yeah, <laughs> to put it mild, it's twenty thirty three. The opening of The Last of Us takes place in twenty thirteen, so the majority of this game takes place in twenty thirty three. Um, and like. Once again, we're in Boston. Right? Yes, like I think it picked it's Boston. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It is Boston. So uh, it picks up um, with you know uh, Joel and his partner Tess living in Boston, and the story you start off uh, uh, doing is not like oh hey there's a bunch of zombies here we got to go deal with zombies. No, they have been screwed out of a deal. They had this deal for all this gun, all these guns, and the guy who they were working with screwed them over, and. Tess finds out where they are, so her and Joel are going to go take care of business, right? Right. Um, and Tess, Tess is is not someone to be fucked with. We don't have to go mm-hmm. through all the beats of how they get there, but eventually, you know, this, this whole section is kind of like a tutorial mm-hmm. almost where they teach you kind of how to play the game. Yep. But when it gets to the gunplay, like, you find out real quick that Tess is not afraid to shoot first and shoot to kill right yeah and so this <laughs> it's is pretty, where it's pretty tough i do think like since we are talking about the area that's kind of the tutorial of the game we can talk about some of the systems of this game now listen i have heaped a lot of praise on this game and i will continue to do so you do not play the last of us part one specifically for tight well controlling game uh gunplay right that is not a strong I, sad, I sadly have to agree yes yeah. now that now that's not to say that this game isn't fun to play no it and is that the gameplay isn't satisfying because it is it is but it's not like it's not on par with something as like i'd say what like gears of war Mm-mm. or i'm trying to think of other third person shooters that kind of get it a bit more but either way like i said the, the gameplay is, is fine i don't want to take anything too no. much away from no it. i don't either but it's just it's one of those things that naughty dog games and this includes uncharted and the last of us just have a weird feeling to them when it comes to the gunplay and you can adapt to it and you can adapt to it really quickly right but it does feel slightly weird and off now um you know, this is also a game where you can you you can buy perks and and uh, stats and stuff, and one of those is gun sway. So like you can increase that stat so your gun sway less when you're you're aiming down the sight. That helps. That definitely helps. Helps a um, lot. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, uh, a lot of parts of The Last of Us are sort of meant to be played as a stealth game, right? Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. There's a big stealth mode, uh, stealth element to it, and the stealth stuff is strong. It's really strong. Like, 
Yeah, so you can carry like either a bottle or a brick, mm-hmm. and you can throw it to kind of create a distraction where like mm-hmm. either the the zombies or hu- uh, you know bad guys, humans that you're worried about will go follow that, and then you can either come up behind them and kill them or just sneak around them. But it's a very big part of it, mm-hmm. I would say. There's parts where it's tough to do without being at least a little stealthy and taking out a couple of people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Um, and you know, there's there's some other elements to the game like melee weapons that you know have a certain type of certain amount of usage you can use, or you can um, eventually like craft uh, melee weapons to where like you can you know put nails in a bat or like. <laughs> shivs on a right. pipe and stuff um the crafting yeah and there, there's there's that crafting system mm-hmm. which isn't exact it's not exactly like the the most deep crafting system in the world it's pretty shallow but at the same time it's fun it's it's well it's well implemented yeah mm-hmm. like you, yeah. you go you it, it gives you a reason to go search all these little buildings you're going through and you find blades and and rolls of duct tape and you can use those to make shivs and or you find alcohol and and cloth and you can make a health kit or a molotov cocktail it's yeah it's not super deep but it keeps you engaged in um the exploration throughout the game i think yeah and and i'll be honest with you one of my favorite things to do in either last of us game is come onto a new area that hasn't that i haven't looted yet because boy howdy am i going to be checking drawers i love searching abandoned buildings in the last of us it is one of my favorite things in gaming i don't know why but i love it um i dig i dig it too man i don't know it's even like just pulling out the drawers mm-hmm. and opening the cabinets and oh look it's a bottle of pills mm-hmm. you know <laughs> or getting that, smiling about it getting that little indicator that you've got enough uh materials to craft something oh you haven't seen somebody pull yeah. up a m- menu faster than me when i get that indicator i said oh what can i make another shiv done um <laughs> now something i want to say in, in, that that goes along with this is as much as I love all that in The Last of Us, The Last of Us for me is also the classic experience of, well, I can't use this. What what if I need it later, right? So by the end of the game, I have all this shit I hasn't, haven't used because I'm afraid to use it because I won't have it when I need it, right? And that could be Molotov cocktails or shivs or uh, the shrapnel bombs that you can you can build and stuff. And then... The other the other sort of crafting element of it is you can find spare parts which you can use to upgrade your guns or your weapons. Once again, yes, very it, shallow. It rules, too. but it rules. <laughs> it rules like yeah. I and I love the the little when you find the workbench mm-hmm. and you get to you get to upgrade the guns and each gun he actually pulls it out of his bag and depending on the upgrade you get he does like a different thing to yep. the gun while you're yep. you know. I love that shit. You know, it looks so cool and I buy it. You know, obviously it's sped up and it's, it wouldn't happen that fast. But most of the things he does kind of make sense in terms of what the upgrade you're giving to the gun is. And that's an extra level of that detail. Uh, right. Immersion. immersion you yes. know? Yeah. That's the exact word, man. That level of detail is so incredible to me. Like just the fact that they have this little thing where you go up to a workbench he lays his shit out, and he's like, okay, I want to increase the ammo on my handgun. You see him make the upgrade. I don't know why. It fascinates me, and I love love it every time. Every single time, I love it. Um, I love it every time, too. Every game should do some shit like that. Yeah, for real. <clears throat> um, so that's, you know, a sort of a basic overview of the, sim- the systems. Um, we'll We'll talk about more of some of the other systems when we get to you know, the parts of the game where you're really dealing with the infected more. Um, so essentially, you know, uh, uh, Joel and Tess uh, track down this dude and they find out he they find out he gave their guns to a group known as the Fireflies. The Fireflies are sort of the Star Wars rebels of The Last of Us, right? They are the ragtag group of, of people who is fighting back against these sort of totalitarian um, police state governments that have cropped up all over the world. They're still looking for a, uh, some sort of vaccination or cure to the infection. Um, And you meet a character who says, look, I've got your guns. If you guys do a job for me, I need something smuggled out of the city. If you do this job for me, 
I'll make sure you get your guns back. So the job, which turns out to be, you know, the thing that sets the story in uh, truly in motion is they want them to take a girl, a young girl who I think is 11 or something. Uh, I think she's a little older than that. I think she's like 14. Oh, okay. I think, um, uh, they want to want them to smuggle her out of the city. And this character is Ellie. Ellie is the other main character of the last of us. Um, right. And listen, man, you know, me, Steve, big star Wars guy. I love the Phantom Menace, a kid actor in anything tough to pull off. Right. Yes. It, it can go astray real easily. quick. Right. Ellie and the last of us is perfect start to end. Like it, it, talk about nailing it. Um, yeah. It's just, pretty note. Perfect. Uh, shout out to Ashley Johnson who plays Ellie. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's perfect in just about every way. The portrayal of this character and, and, you know, listen, man, <clears throat> Not for nothing, but PlayStation kind of nailed the kid characters too with the in the sad dad games, just like uh, Kratos's son, you know, in God yep. of War. Um, so that, like we said, sort of sets the story in motion, right? They've got to get Ellie out of the city. They want to get her to the Fireflies, and it turns out the reason they want to is because she was bitten by an infected two weeks prior and hasn't changed yet, right? So yep. there's which we learn a little later down the line. They don't tell them this. No. The and Joel and Tess are just like, we don't give a shit. We don't want to know. We'll just right. do it because we want the stash of guns you have. Mm-hmm. But eventually, you know, they, they come to a point where they learn this little bit of information. And Joel doesn't believe it. Right. And Tess maybe is a little skeptical at first, but you can kind of see the seeds like going in her you know like to to where she she will quickly become a believer in it because it just is unheard of at this point that somebody would be immune right it's never happened before and and um yeah man the the so that is you know the essential essentially the story of the last of us is joel and ellie making their way across country trying to find the fireflies so that they can develop some sort of cure for this cordyceps Mm -hmm. virus um, you know, an Patri Spiritus Sancti that's Tess. Things don't do- go super well for Tess. She gets bitten and then goes out in a blaze of glory fighting against the the uh, police oh, or whatever. Heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Heartbreaking and so so well done again. And it's done through just audio mm-hmm. with her. You know, there's there's a, the speech beforehand where they she tells them to just go and she'll she'll hold them off and let them get away and then you, you just hear it happen yep via the sound and it's 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 not super dramatic it's just a couple of gunshots and mm-hmm. and and a shout but that's what makes it so effective to me it's 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 real it's not yeah. uh playing for realism not um bomb bombastic no and that's what i love about the and game. then um so they escape the city and and Joel's plan becomes okay. Look, my brother Tommy, who you meet in the uh, the the opening, was formerly a firefly. If we can find him, I bet we can find the fireflies, right? Um. So their first stop is they're like, well, we got to get a car. That's when you meet one of my favorite characters in The Last of Us, which is Bill, right? And another thing I want to touch Bill. on is it's a little tropey, but it's done really well. The relationship between Joel and Ellie is not immediately buddy buddy it's pretty icy and you slowly see it crack and one of my favorite moments of this game and it is a small little moment is early on when you're you're in the city where you're trying to find bill you come to this this place where you can't proceed and the only way they can figure out how to proceed is to have ellie hop the fence and unlock it from the other side and joel's like listen be careful you know we don't know what's up there could be infected here and so, you know, she goes on the other end and she opens the gate and she's like, ta-da. And like the first time Joel is nice to Ellie, he goes, hey, kid, good job. And she says, thanks. The way those two lines are developed or are, are delivered rather spot on. That's the first crack you see in like Joel's. Oh, I'm I'm mean guy. I'm tough, mean guy. Love Pearl Jam. Well, that's 
<laughs> but see, that's the thing, right? Like mm-hmm. the the this story is about Joel and about how he's closed off emotionally because mm-hmm. of the trauma he suffered when his daughter died. Right. And especially being thrown into a situation where he has to care for somebody who immediately probably reminds him of his daughter. He doesn't want to be emotionally attached to her, so he holds himself away right. emotionally it, right. for, for as long as he can, but he just can't help it yeah. by the end. You know, they they just become... <laughs> Uh, almost you want to call it a father-daughter unit that's how it feels you know oh that's 100 percent what it's meant to be you know it's that found family thing you know that that so many things do so well right but you know so as you progress like around this time is when the infected because you run into them before but this is where they really start showing up and becoming a bit of an issue and there's three different versions right there's the runners which are, are are your sort of uh, uh, typical angry, fast zombies that run at you and scream and shit. And then the real star of the show, the thing that makes Last of Us zombies, like, what they are, are the clickers, right? Mm, the the clickers, clickers are, so yeah, and, and like Steve said, like, the the further the infection um, goes in a human body, it eventually bursts out of their skull, and they become clickers. The reason they call them clickers because they can't see, they make this clicking sound. Like, they use echolocation. Yeah, echolocation, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. And these motherfuckers are terrifying, right? Like, if you've never seen a clicker in The Last of Us, just Google it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, like, they're, they're, they are the enemy that, like, the minute they touch you, you're dead. Unless you have, like, you know, a shiv that's upgraded to where you can, you know, kill clickers. Um, so, you know... The gameplay mechanics when clickers involved become a lot of sneaking around very slowly, trying to sneak up on them and kill them. Or there, and and there are definitely moments when there is no sneaking around and you just have to blast these guys. Like, yeah, it comes. Yeah, there, there's this part in the the bill section of the game <clears throat> where you get caught in one of his traps and you're hanging upside down while Ellie's trying to cut you down there's just zombies and and clickers and shit running and you got to shoot them pretty difficult part of the game honestly it is it's tricky it took me a few times the very yeah. first couple times i played that game but yeah <clears throat> that whole section is is cool it's it's well developed there's lots of traps around that bill has set that you see um the clickers mm-hmm. or zombies run into yep um there's also a mechanic that i uh, they've it, they put in where you they put secret doors that in order to get through you have to spend resources yep, to get through the shiv. shivs. Yep, yep. And there's a fucking shiv door in Bill's town that I had to leave locked because I didn't have a shiv and it still is irritating me right now. So this is one of get that on record. This is one of those things where this is exactly what I'm talking about with the I can't use this. What if I need it? Right, buddy. Ugh. I'll come up on a room with a lot of clickers and zombies where it would be super easy for me to clear if I just sneak up behind a couple of clickers and sacrifice a shiv. But I know the minute I do that, I'm not going to have any shivs and I'm going to come up on one of those doors. I know the minute Tell it Tell me about it. And here's the thing, like right, like the part before this, you know the part. It's where you're kind of sneaking around with Tess and Ellie mm-hmm. and you're kind of in like, uh, it's the subway station, but you're about to come out but there's like three or four clickers all walking around in this big kind of area. There's like a coffee shop with a mm-hmm. safe in it. And I was like going through there and I was like, man, I got three shivs. I'll just use a couple of them here. And then I found a shiv door. And then shortly after that, found another shiv door. <sighs> the worst. And I couldn't open um, that one. It's so bad. Uh, and uh, so, you know, this is this is a bit of a road trip movie. And the, the story of The Last of Us takes place over quite a long time because, you know, you go from Boston to eventually the story ends in, like, Colorado, right? Somewhere in there? I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. No, Utah. Wait, not Utah. I thought, uh-huh. it, yeah, wasn't it Salt Lake City? I think it was. I think okay. it was Utah. Um. No, so they go to Colorado. They find out that the Fireflies have yes. moved to Utah, right? Right. So, um, you know, I don't want to hit beat by beat of the story because we'll be here all day. Um, but, you know, right. they work with Bill. They get a car. They make a little progress. They get ambushed by bandits, right? In a really Pittsburgh. intense fun, uh, f- fucking spe- uh, uh, scene, too, in Pittsburgh. Yep. 
and yeah, the Pittsburgh stuff, we don't have to go into it, but it's it's intense. There's there's a part with music that's really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's some drama beats that you're going you're not going to believe if you haven't experienced it before. The yeah. you know I don't want to go into specifics there, but yeah, it's pretty heavy. There's there's this one part. Once again, the beauty of The Last of Us is how you know when The Last of Us wants to give you a lot of dialogue in a cutscene, they will, and it's good. But a lot of the the core backstory and character development just happens in dialogue as you're playing the game. And there's this one moment when, like, after you're, you you know, you sort of get through the initial part of the ambush, Ellie's like, how did you know that was about to happen? Because uh, Joel sees it coming. And he goes, oh, I've been on both sides. And he she goes, oh, so you, you did that to people? And he's like, yeah. Um, so you, yeah, you, she goes, she, she asked him, she goes, have you killed innocent people? And he, I don't believe he even answers. He does. I think he just kind of, he just kind of leaves it. So to that lets you know that like Joel has been up to some pretty rough shit in this last 20 years, right? Like this is not a yeah. character, you know, this is not a 100% Jedi Knight forthright type of character you're dealing with. Right. No, um, no. Joel, Joel has been to the dark side. Yeah. And and then there's major. So basically, the Last of Us story is is split up into the different sections of the city or the area that they've made it to. Like eventually, they do find Tommy, and he's got this like uh, settlement that he's he's sort of put together that's getting power from like a hydroelectric electric dam, you know. And yep. Um, he tries to leave Ellie with them. And then there's this whole thing where like, no, you better not leave her with us. And they continue on their quest. Um, there's a part now, Steve, do you want to talk about the part, the part? Oh yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about the part. So we, cause we've talked about the, the raw motion that the, mm-hmm. the intro brought out of me. So let's talk about some other raw things that came out of me yeah. at another part of this game, which like, so there's a part where Joel gets injured as part of the story and the way he gets injured, he's grappling with a guy and they, they fall off this second floor and Joel lands on like an, a piece of rebar. That's what you would call it. Right. Like kind of the kind of metal stuff that holds up buildings and concrete and And it goes, yeah. And it goes right through basically his, his back through his stomach slash lower groin. And you have to basically play as him for the next couple of minutes yep. while he tries to get out of there. And and Ellie is trying to get him to safety. And whereas the first scene we talked about earlier made me cry, this scene has made me vomit a couple of times. Because I really, I really have a hard time with... <laughs> physical injury Mm -hmm. uh but you know i consider myself like when it comes to pain like i'm not like i I feel like i'm tough when it comes to pain but when i see other people go through it yeah it really messes me up man like if i see um a ufc fighter break a a toe or a leg or something i'm i'm vomiting dude it's 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 happening and it was this is on that level i had to hand my controller to my wife when we were playing this the last time this happened and i was like just hold forward i'll be right back yeah and uh, so th- like there's this extended scene or section in the winter where Joel is trying to recover from this grievous injury and Ellie's going out and hunting and stuff. And she come, comes across some other survivors and um, you get to the point basically where it, it kind of happens in any extended zombie post-apocalyptic story. You meet the cannibals, right? There's going to be the cannibal right, section. Right. Um, but once again, like the way they do it in this is just a cut above the rest somehow. Um, it is. And I want to give a shout out to Nolan North, who plays the voice of David. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nolan North, who does the voice of um, the main character in Uncharted, uh, Nathan Drake. I yes. could, that, that's his he's, he's a well-known video game actor. Fantastic job in this game as, as David. Um, that whole section, you're right. Like they don't go all out with... Oh, we're cannibals. Mm-hmm. We eat people. You you basically figure it out through context. Yep. Uh, you know what I mean. And and it's just kind of an extra layer of the onion rather than the whole 
uh, enchilada, if that makes sense here. Mm-hmm. Yep, and and it's it's the last sort of big section before you finally get to the fireflies, right? There's a really traumatic sh- scene for Ellie where she kills the character David with a machete. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the way <laughs> she goes ham. Yeah, the way Ellie's trauma from this game carries over into the next one is also really fucking fascinating but that's a discussion for another time um yes so they so what happens is there's a scene where ellie almost drowns and she's unconscious um and then they find the fireflies and the fireflies are like look we're gonna we're gonna take her into surgery and we're gonna develop a vaccine and one of the firefly leaders a lady named marlene um, who com- was the one who, who conscripted you to do the job yep. in the first plate yep. yep you meet her again all the way in utah um she comes and tells joel hey look like so we can de- i think we can develop a vaccine but we're gonna have to remove the infected part of ellie's brain to do it and it's gonna kill her and the next hour or two hours of this game is one of the most cathartic fucking things in video gaming I've ever played because you know you get to this point right literally the sake of humanity is in Joel's hands and he's like no way dude I'm not going through this game yeah he can't make that sacrifice again he just cannot no he can't and and when the first time I played through this game the whole time I was doing it I was like why why are you doing this obviously this isn't what you should do but the more I've thought about it, the more I've sympathized with him. Not that it what that I think it was the right thing to do. Obviously it wasn't, but how could how could anybody expect him to do that no, after man. what he went through? There's I, just no way, man. No. I, honestly, no way. I don't even think I, I think it's the not right thing to do, to be completely honest with you. That's how much I like the character Ellie. That's how much I like Joel, you know? Like whatever, but man. That's, that's, that's a fake brilliance story. of this game. Exactly, the brilliance of this game too, because because you put this choice in the hands of somebody who has twenty years of very hard staying alive, mm-hmm. right? Like he's a survivor and he's done unspeakable things to do that, and now you're asking him to basically give up his daughter again. The just that thought alone is mm-hmm. chilling, right? Yes. Like that that is an amazing angle to this story. It, it is. It's just it's one that that just gets me every time. I mean, it's it's great. It, it it's yeah. it is one small element of a large collection of elements that makes The Last of Us like a superior sort of zombie post-apocalyptic story, right? Like, because mm-hmm. in any other story, right, like they would be like, "Oh, cool. Well, we can just take a sample from her brain, and she'll be fine. Everybody's happy." You know what I mean? Like, that's the end. Yep. You know? Oh, shit. The vaccine didn't work. We got a part two coming. You know? Like, whatever it may be, right? Like, that twist. Right. Part, part two is Joel and Ellie delivering the vaccine yeah. across the country. Yeah. It's like a, it's like Crazy Taxi. It's a driving game, and you got you got to get the vaccine to different cities. Get in. Yep. Um, yeah, man. No, it, it is it is so well done, and like, so Ellie's unconscious for all of this. She doesn't, and and this is another fucking amazing Ugh. choice in storytelling. She doesn't know what happened. She wakes up in a truck with Joel post the massacre of the Fireflies and kill, in, including the head surgeon, including Marlene. He kills them. He doesn't Everybody. want them to chase, and he's like, "We're gonna go fuck." And, and killing the surgeon, it's 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 one thing to to not let them have Ellie, but to kill a guy who actually could develop a vaccine yep. in this world is is such a heinous crime. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like that <laughs> it's insane to think about. It's um, one of the worst things somebody could ever do. And we're here just like, yep, he had to do it. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Like <laughs> he just had to do it. <laughs> God, um, what a what a story! What and a then, story. like the the closing moments of the game with like her waking up and and he he basically he he lies to her and he tells her like, look, they'd found a bunch of other immo- immune people and they couldn't develop a a cure, so we got out of there. Yeah, we're gonna go live at Tommy's. Just lies to her. Yep, and then like immediately they set the tone that she 
it feels like she's, something's she's up. She's suspicious. Yep. Yep. She's suspicious. She doesn't buy that shit. Um, and, and like the game ends with her like sort of dealing with her survivor's guilt and Joel like insisting once again, no, I'm telling you, it's the truth. They just couldn't make the vaccine. That's how the game ends. It ends on yeah, such he, a he, dark he, note. He tells her that they that they they knew dozens of people who mm-hmm. were immune, which is absolutely not true as right. well. You know, like there's yep. he tells her so many he tells her several lies, and that was the it leaves you on such an uneasy note, right? Like it it doesn't feel triumphant at all. You no. don't come out of this game thinking, oh yes, the good guys won. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the future is bright. You come out of that feeling a little sick to your stomach and um and not really sure what you should be feeling. Yeah. And 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 you don't get that from a lot of a lot of things, you know? You don't. I, I just really mm-hmm. and and the the way that these choices would further develop in the second game, buddy, are we'll get into that another time, I know, but, but man, you took to me, the words out of my mouth. Like I also think The Last of Us as a series with one and two, like the first game, the way I didn't even realize, and maybe they didn't even realize at the time when they were making the game, how it would lead into the sequel and the story of the sequel is masterful. The story they tell following up this story in the last of us two is an incredible achievement. I feel like the way they took the story, you know, like it's, it's bananas. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they, like, when they were writing that, they were like, oh, and this would leave this open to explore in the sequel. Or when they sat down to do, like, okay, The Last of Us was a hit. What can we do for a sequel? And they cracked the code. Like, it makes for one of the better follow-ups story-wise. Like, I don't know how to express it, but, like, the elements that lead into two are strong, and the way they are taken into is strong. It's... Whoa, what a game. What a game series. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't recommend a game higher than this, I think. You know, it's it, it, there's different categories of games that you can recommend to people, you know, oh, I know this guy. He's a real he's really into Twitch shooters. Right. And you, you, this guy should play Doom Eternal or I mean, if you were just half ass into video games, half ass. If you just hobby game every now and again you should play this game everybody should play this game or you've got the means to do it or you could be like our buddy Corey and watch like an eight hour version of it on youtube you know what i mean like hey perfect i don't care yeah that's that's a great as long as people experience it and Mm -hmm. and they're going to experience it for real too next year with the hbo show Mm because i'm really looking forward to that but man i don't care how people experience this this story but they just need to yep Yep, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, this is a game that, and like, I try to temper hyperbole when I really like something because I know I can be a little over the top with it. But this game is like an experience. The Last of Us is an experience from top to bottom, from gameplay to story to execution, graphically. Uh, any of the versions look incredible. Like, the PlayStation 3 version still looks incredible, right? But... You know, obviously, the shiniest, nicest-looking version is this new PS5 version. But I can't, of course. I can't recommend playing it enough. I know that um, once I finally finish up playing The Last of Us Part 1, I, I have a feeling I'll be going back for Last of Us Part 2, and Steve and I are going to be taking a second bite at that apple because we recorded an episode yes. about that for the Blue Harvest Patreon um, back in 2020, and I want to revisit it. Um so oh and worth the revisit and go ahead buddy i just want to say by the time i finally got around to playing the last of us one it was in the lead up to the last of us two um in the spring slash summer of 2020 so talk about a weird time to be playing a fucking game about a global outbreak (laughs) you know what i mean right no no kidding man that's hilarious i like that it was seven years basically between the first and second game too You yep. know, they they released uh the couple uncharteds i think in between uh maybe uncharted 3 and no, legacy was, of thieves it was 4 and legacy of thieves that's it 4 sorry 4 yep. legacy of thieves um 
but to me and i i like the uncharted series two was my favorite so far i've only played the first three i haven't played the fourth one which i really want to at some point but to me naughty dog's absolute peak is the last of us and i mean if you've listened this far you know how we feel about it yeah it's great play i don't know what else we can say you know what else we can say you should follow steve on twitter at stone cobra you should follow me at blue harvest pod you should follow this podcast at high potion pod what are your feelings about the last of us now let us know highpotionpod at gmail.com get us some emails in there leave us review or maybe you get turned into a ticker that's what happens to people that don't leave reviews <laughs> that haven't already left them you know what i mean you get turned into a ticker or a bloater god forbid um so guys listen thanks for listening listen it's a whole new world right like we just found the cure to steve's audio problems and we didn't even have to kill a little girl to get it we just had to fucking meme on eric struthers for two months and he was like maybe this will calm their ass down (laughs) (laughs) thanks Thanks again again, eric Eric. uh, for the for the microphone man really appreciate it buddy you're the best all right guys well we'll see you next week when we're going to be talking about another spooky game for halloween yeah Bye, guys. Hey!